Entertainment's podcast from Bottomline Technologies. Greetings and welcome to the Payments Podcast from Bottomline. I'm your host, John Gaffney, and today marks part two of our series covering the data, insights, and expertise from the 2022 Business Payments Barometer, which hit the streets in late June and is still resonating. From our UK office, we're happy to have James Richardson, Head of Market Development for Fraud, Risk, and Treasury at Bottomline. Thanks for having me, John. Great to be here. You know, the release of our payments barometer report was followed closely uh, by UK Finance's latest annual fraud report. Both were dramatic. Um, The UK Finance report showed some stunning figures on push payment fraud, known as APP in the UK. Um, Here's some numbers. There were 195,000 incidents of PP scams in 2021, gross losses well north of 500 million pounds. Some of the year-upon-year increases for specific types of PP fraud reached triple digits, like CEO fraud, which was up 165%, and romance fraud, up 73%. Now, that's the UK finance report. Our report found a complacent attitude toward all that, which is kind of amazing. Um, 64% of large enterprises said they were concerned about fraud, and only 44% of small businesses So, James, your take first on the dramatic numbers uh, in the UK finance report, and then your analysis of some of the attitudes um, that we're seeing from some of the companies. Yeah, great question and a great way to kick off um, those statistics on the the barometer um, and in the UK finance report, too. So um, they kind of go really nicely hand in hand to um, really underscore the situation that we're seeing in uh, in the UK market, but again, I think one of the lovely things with the barometer this year is it it's uh, it's more of a it's got a global feel to it um, in being able to understand and um, really see trends in all different parts of uh, of the globe. So, James, what you're saying then is that here's here's a good thing we're investing in this, but here's not so good thing. <laughs> which is we're accepting this as, as part and parcel of doing business. So do you, um, you know, when you talk to, uh, to clients on, on your side of the business, um, are they comfortable with this balance? And, and more importantly, do you think they should be comfortable with this balance? Yeah, I, I get asked about fraud um, defenses, whether, and, and that's not just, just to talk about technology, um, it's also about the levels of education, the levels of control that exist that spans an organization. It is in my top three conversations in every client meeting, without a doubt. Um, and it, an interesting new dynamic that's coming about is where where organizations should get their information from. Their their their, uh, their what are their sources of data? And bottom line for many is seen as a, we're seen as a strategic payments partner um, for all different sizes of organization, frankly. But we can help them, not just around payments, but around providing them with some good practice on uh, on, on fraud prevention too. But here's, we, we, we wouldn't ever say that we are the only source that you should be listening to. But interestingly, changes in the payment landscape Meaning, um, you know, more open banking, instant payments, 
the um the 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 changes where but the the role that banks played is changing in in the way in which organizations want to pay and get paid so previously banks have been entrusted to provide the ultimate counsel to businesses on a number of different aspects and that dynamic is starting to shift so we, i get asked quite a lot about kind of where do where do we see um the future heading um but it's interesting to see the dynamic of how uh, how well banks have been leveraged in the past and how organizations are starting to wake up and go i i no longer want to have just my bank as as a way of getting information around security because it's uh, i'm now uh, i'm now making payments in different ways and therefore my my data sources should reflect that you know we we talked about the attitude here and and the balance that's needed to to fight fraud um you know there are some numbers in here that you know go as far as maybe apathy i mean there's um some uh, some 47% of all great britain respondents said that there is little i can do to recover the losses incurred due to payment fraud now um what i'd like to ask you is i you, we know the attitude is concerning but you you brought up some things that work um, and there are some things in the UK that are that are well ahead of the US, to be honest. And, um, you know, a confirmation of payee is one of them. Could you talk a little bit about prevention and the cure and the, and the balance between detection and prevention? In terms of culturally how an organization thinks about fraud, that's something that's something that can be addressed immediately. So whether whether you're whether it's your first job or whether you know, you're kind of in your 60s or 70s and, um, and, and looking at winding up your career within an organization, um, everyone can take their part in uh, helping secure the payments. It doesn't matter where you sit in an organization. It doesn't just belong in a finance department. Um, and um, I think that that's one of the important things that that can be addressed, or I think it's certainly started. The banks actually, to their credit, did a, a pretty neat job a few years ago globally in starting to raise the profile of challenging payments. And certainly within the UK, um, there is greater scrutiny when um, when a, a consumer payment is being made. And you know, you do it through the app, and it asks you for the um, beneficiary account details. And very recently, in the last twelve months, we've introduced this service called Confirmation of Payee, which is kind of like account verification. And it um, it it basically allows the um, the payer to look up um, by making a, a direct API call through to the beneficiary bank. Um, kind of like a, you know, I, I like to draw them out as like telephones. You need a sending telephone and a receiving telephone for it, for it to work effectively. But basically, you're just saying, does this person with this name have a bank account here? And it, it goes back and, con it, and it kind of confirms that the account, um, the, the beneficiary account details are correct or not, or that it's kind of similar. But what it's doing is it, it leverages um, new payment architecture, so open banking, rails to allow the this to be facilitated that's number one so it's a great innovation um the second thing is it it does is it pushes responsibility onto the person paying to say right i'm telling you that this stuff matches or not and if it doesn't match you're paying at your own risk and so th this is going to be the next level of 
change when we're making payments is um, more responsibility is being pushed onto uh, uh, um, the individual making the payment. We're going to see that shift certainly onto corporates, but they're going to be armed with better defenses. And if they still choose to override the information which is telling them, I think you're paying a fraudster, are you sure you want to continue? If you choose to continue, then why should you get that money back? I think that will be the challenge that comes <laughs> that comes back. So you could, but you can only do that if you tool the organizations up properly. And we're starting to see that emerge, certainly within the UK market. The UK is not alone. Um, out in Europe, there's a few other countries that have started introducing this too. Um, account verification is not a silver bullet, but it is a big step forward. And um, corporates cannot wait to get access to this. So it's it's coming. Um, it, I, it's I got to say it's it's. Um, I get asked this question probably three or four times a week. When are we going to be able to offer confirmation of pay directly to corporates? And um, it's it you know it's coming. It's going to be um, an excellent initiative. But as I, as I say, it's it's it will help address attitude because it gives people control. And when you when people have options um, with 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 uh, with the technology um, to guide them, then that puts them in a in a good position to 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 make a decision about making a payment. So I think in summary, the attitude is very concerning, but I think we're going we're seeing this wake up call starting to emerge um, when we're realizing the values of fraudulent payments as a result of COVID worldwide. Um, people are going to, uh, you know, people are waking up up to that and realizing that they got they got uh, they got a few things to do. Technology like confirmation of payee. Um, and other initiatives, kind of real-time fraud detection, um, multi-factor authentication, uh, of, uh, and uh, other security standards that 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 are available for corporates um, and banks alike. That really helps. Um, but having it wrapped around a culture that I mentioned at the very beginning that that's that's really important because no one individual is is responsible for payments. It's everyone's responsibility. Let's go to insider fraud. Um, 63% of companies in the U.S. said that the work from home environment or the hybrid environment um, has increased insider fraud. Um, and I think we've seen that in, uh, from bottom line's perspective, um, defining quickly as, you know, where employees or partners access on unauthorized data or even cash. So that would seem to be a case of balancing detection and prevention. But if you don't detect insider fraud, it's going to be awfully hard to recover it when it gets out of the gate, right? I know you've written in the past about the importance of regulations in insider fraud. So start us off with a little bit of background about record and replay. And then uh, if you could tell us how you think regulations could help, that would be great. Record and replay um, is a is a pretty unique set of capabilities that we have been offering to um, both banks and to corporates to help them tackle insider fraud. Forewarn you um, is 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 helpful um, because this is this is a tough tough area um, and it's interesting in the in the barometer right because it it there was a clear message coming through from both us and uk uh, respondents that um that they are seeing 
insider fraud, then there isn't there is an increase in insider fraud. So how some of this tech is able to help and has helped many organizations in the past, um, becoming more and more important right now with working from home as well, is uh, uh, being able to piece together uh, what users are um, what users are doing within specific business applications. And we tend to focus on applications that are involved in payments, of course. So, um, you know, it might be um, connecting into treasury, uh, looking at treasury systems, looking at payment systems. Um, but basically alerting when there are, um, there are activities that are seen as out of the, um, out of the ordinary. It could be you're, you're kind of working, um, all of a sudden someone's working on logging onto a system and working at 3 a.m um, or creating new users to generate payments at a log file level those things are really difficult to kind of understand um, and 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 detect but if if I'm watching it and then can generate alerts on those things and piece together visually this is what happened um, click by click um, in the context of someone generating a fraudulent payment that is hugely powerful. And uh, and so we're in the business of a helping detect and b rapidly reducing the amount of time it takes to conclude the investigation. So though it's it's how long to investigate, how long to detect um, together, and uh, and uh, uh, helping address that. So um, we'd definitely be happy to help um, organisations and speak to them and share more on that. Of course, um, in terms of how it all ties together with regulations. Here's the thing that really gets to me on regulations. Regulations come about largely uh, when it comes to kind of compliance or fraud related. It is as a result of a major problem that's going on. And therefore, regulators step up and say, here is a big problem. Here are some new regulations that are going to help combat that problem. And here is the date that you need to comply by. Now, the good Regulations are good because it helps elevate the standards that um, people operate to. So by and large, they're good. They help. Um, it's becoming more challenging where more regulations are being imposed, but that's okay. We're having to adjust to that. Um, and actually what you're seeing is regulations move on to the banks, and these are now moving on to the corporates. Maybe diluted, but there's there's impetus to want for corporates to want to become more responsible, and you see that in the barometer. They want to take more responsibility of their own destiny when it comes to payments going out the door. They don't want to rely on the banks for um, all the checks. So there's logic in wanting to push this through. Here's the downside of the regulation, though. Um, when regulations come in, fraudsters don't sit there and say, right. Uh, there's this new regulation that's coming in that it means that banks are going to have to increase their defenses on the 1st of August, 2023. So everyone hold back. Let's play fairly. Let's uh, only start attacking them on the 1st of August, 2023. Not one fraudster is going to think like that. So regulation, when regulations are coming in, you, it, it's because we're behind the curve already. So they're good because they help Im improve the, the standards, definitely. But the most forward-looking organizations will, won't be relying on regulations in order to help um, improve their defenses in the first place. When the regulations come in, they'll be looking at it going, yep, 
been doing that for years. That would be the best position to be in. Um, not always possible, but it's definitely an opportunity to really look ahead and go, what's coming down the line over the next three years that we need to raise the bar on now because uh, we need to be tackling uh, we need to be tackling the future stuff today. Well said. Well said. So, James, I'm going to assume that um, fraud showing up as number one on the influences expected over the next three years is not a surprise to you. But, um, you know, it, it, first, you know, do you agree with that? And second, you know, how do we play offense? Yeah. Um, no, not at all surprised. Um, I'm not surprised. <clears throat> not surprised to see it's in the top uh, top three. Um, here's, here's what I would do. Um, I would ask around the organization who protects our payments in our business? Who is responsible? Now, if you're a large multinational corporate, you've probably got security teams. Um, you may have fraud and fraud and financial crime groups. That's great. If you're small to midsize, you probably haven't got that. But challenge and check who is actually responsible for protecting the payments. And you'd be surprised when people go off and ask that question, they realize that that it's often seen as a secondary responsibility to someone or some team. You know, IT, IT and technical teams, they're focused on, on different stuff. They don't necessarily get the problem on payments and how to circumvent payments right absolutely so um form a team and often it's it's a it's a, a you know a cross-functional group but share the responsibility make sure you're really clear who owns protecting the payments in our business and you may need to get some outside counsel um on supporting that but do it um understand it and act I think the other thing that's important to do is is really broaden your horizon on what's going on at the moment. The the business payments barometer is a is a wonderful source of information and I'm sure that many of the readers will will value it and look maybe look back at some of the previous years to see some of see, see some of the trend but don't just rely on that. Go and find out go and get multiple data sources that are really going to help you understand how are fraudsters attacking businesses like mine? You know, Chris talked about business email compromise and concerns around vendors um, getting compromised for payments. Absolutely. And if you know that your peer group, your competitors are getting targeted, you can be sure that you're getting targeted. So lift up and just look at look at what's going on around you. Um, and my final piece of advice would be to not to look at the report, right? Find out what this is a great way of looking at what your peer group at a um, at a business size thinks and is doing. Um, if you look at that, and there'll be other um, measures as well, but if you look at it and think, actually, we're not implementing any of these things, and yet we can see that many organisations are, you are behind. If you are behind, you you are already a target or you're going to be a target very quickly. Fraudsters move far quicker than we do. And you have got to be on the front foot. So 
look at look at where you sit today look at where you think you need to be over the next 12 to 18 months don't wait for a regulation act now and regulations will catch up um fraudsters will keep moving on as well by the way but you don't you don't want to be that last house in the street that doesn't have the burglar alarm you don't want to be in that place so if you can um if you can lift up get a group share the responsibility and make it a boardroom topic you're in a much better place well said uh that that's a wrap um and quite a lot of information in here and uh and, and um i i hope uh i hope uh, everybody can get into the data a little bit more but this is certainly um just a great way to unpack it. So uh, once again, that's, uh, that's going to wrap our, our payment podcast um, on the business payments barometer, rise in fraud and financial crime, rings the alarm for better detection and prevention. First, I'd like to thank James Richardson from our UK office. James, thanks a lot. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Uh, so payments podcast, listen, uh, SoundCloud, Apple, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, please listen, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.